0: When when Ray was talking about again, I'm not following these things that Ray is saying. I just think he makes a strong case for these foods being useful to mitigate the degenerative effects of stress and to increase like the real biological energy. But when he was talking about seafood or dairy or um, oysters or whatever, like I liked all those foods, and I was like, hey, I just got off like, two years of carnivore mm-hmm. eating meat and water for two years, and I and I can stick to any diet, you know, like it, it, that's a very easy thing for me. But, uh, and then I was vegan before that and vegetarian before that. And so it was, I mean, again, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to say I stick to a diet, but kind of what I do now is the least dogmatic, least difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Like the two, two years of eating meat and water, mostly ground beef and water like that. I didn't cheat a single time, not a single time did I cheat, you know? And so, I mean, that took some serious effort and serious willpower, but, um, but yeah, I I don't, again, it's not. The nutrition space tends to be totally devoted to dietary stuff, but that's why I don't focus on that stuff so much because I think things like thyroid and vitamin D and intestinal disinfectants, I think those are as important as nutrition, sometimes more important. And so again, the environment and a person's life, there's so many ways to accumulate stresses to to a point where diet will only do so much for a person. And so I I strongly believe that uh, if a person is experiencing some degenerative health problems that they should obviously try to eat something that makes them feel good, but also look outside the scope of diet because it might not be enough to really make a dent in their health problem. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism
1: so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Blinkfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturday, creator of Pro-Metabolic Food Supplements and Skin Care, and super excited to announce that we finally have a launch date, so it will be the end of April. Um, it's been a long time coming, and we'll release um, some further details as we get closer to the date, but super, super exciting. So today, we have our good friend. Oh, we just love Danny Roddy. He is um, such a such a nice guy, super knowledgeable, um, and yeah, we met Danny when we opened our gym, actually, which was in 2015. So we had just stumbled into the whole pre metallic world and, you know, Ray and met my now business partner, Emma, and we started working with Emma and we connected with Danny. And, yeah, we've had many long chats via Zoom with Danny. And he's just an all-round um, Really, really nice guy, and so we just got him on the on the podcast to just do a bit of a random Q and A. So I put put a post out there on Instagram stories and gathered a whole heap of questions. Um, yeah, so we 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 talk well he talks about it, I should say, we talk about you know sugar and can it affect your sleep, blood glucose and PCOS, how to optimize testosterone for men, um, why he's been eating oat bran, so he's been on the oat bran consistently for a little while now. Um, what Danny typically eats in a day how to treat SIBO some tips on sleep um, amenorrhea and thyroid health and just a few comments on the conflicting information about vitamin d supplementation so a few people just put some questions in about that um so yeah really interesting episode always love having Danny um on the show Uh, and as always guys just um rate uh, and review this specific episode and um, take a screenshot of the episode share it on Instagram stories and tag me at k-i-t-t-y-b-l-o-m-f-i-l-d and then each month I pick a winner and you get a free tub of saturate premium collagen so hope you enjoy this uh, episode as much as I did and let's get into it Uh, welcome back to the podcast Danny Thank you for having me, Kitty. Total pleasure as always. He's got rocking this awesome beard. You can't obviously yeah, yeah. see him because it's a podcast, but it looks <laughs> really good.
0: Thank you so much. It's my give up on life beard, but I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> it looks good on you. It looks really good. It looks really good. So I thought um, today we'd uh, jump on and do a, uh, like a, just a question. And an- we thought we'd do a question and answer one because we've got a heap of questions from um, people from Instagram. But quickly, before we jump in, like, what, update everyone on what you've been doing.
0: Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, but I've just been off grid living. And so I'm a person of the opinion that the next nine, eight, eight years are going to be kind of rough. And so, at least for myself, and so I'm in Mexico and I'm just kind of uh, become a full on doomsday bunker prepper <laughs> person. And so that's been my hobby these days. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I guess to myself, I'm like, if you think things are going to get bad and you don't prepare, that'd be on me. Like, that'd be a stupid thing to do. And so that's true, that's truly what I believe. And so I'm just kind of acting in concordance with my beliefs. And and so that and that's not a bad thing for me either, because I already live off grid like with a a well and things. And so for me to have like extra power is just kind of a good thing to have, anyways. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, I don't know, it's like killing two birds with one stone. But I don't know, man. As you know better than I do, life is crazy these days. And I just trying to be prepared for
1: curveballs, you know. Look, I really hope it doesn't happen. Your beliefs don't happen (laughs) because I'm not living off the grid. I'm living right in the grid, right in the middle of the bloody Gold Coast service paradise. So let's fingers crossed that that doesn't happen, Danny. But um, thanks for the update. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you're like bloody Jim Bostock, hey eh? we've got this friend Jim Bostock. And he's like you too like every time craig we talked to him, he's like oh this is gonna happen and craig's like can you stop telling kitty about all this shit she starts to like get anxious and bloody. i'm like don't listen to what he's saying you just you can't focus on what you're doing but um uh, hopefully that won't happen i hope
0: not i have a huge yeah. downer to talk to i think <laughs> i think i'm just like that guy
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should we should totally get you guys on a call together you'd love it you'd love it i'm down <laughs> um Okay. All right. So question number one, why is there so much conflicting information about vitamin D supplementation? I'm partial to the Ray view, but it all stresses me out a bit. Yeah.
0: So I wrote an article on DannyRoddy.substack.com, And so I'd encourage anybody that's kind of like in between ideas or being pro or anti or whatever to go check that out. And there's been several rebuttals to it since then, but I didn't feel the need to alter the article anymore. I kind of said everything I wanted to say in that, but I, I think the, they kind of a foundational question of what causes illness and what causes good health. And so I feel like the repeat or the bioenergetic or the thyroid or the stress model, those like approach that question, like they tackle that question and, and the rebuttals I've seen do not tackle that question. And so in, in my estimation, they're approaching the vitamin D stuff all out of context And so I think that would be the most important thing to grapple with for trying to understand this. And again, we could have this whole podcast on it, but I, I, like we talked about before, we're kind of both kind of sick of it. And so I, again, I wrote that article on DannyRoddy.substack.com, and I feel like I got everything out of my system that I wanted to
1: talk about with that one. And I'll pop pop a link in the show notes too. So people can check it out. Yeah.
0: And then again, I have to emphasize, I'm not, I'm not approaching this from, Oh, I read a bunch of papers and I found out it was toxic and that, that nobody should take it. I feel like in my life, vitamin D has been one of the absolute most useful things I've ever, ever supplemented with. And, and so it's just like hard. It's so hard for me to grapple with the idea that it's, it's harmful. And, and like I've said, maybe on that vitamin D debate, I would think it would be similar to saying like progesterone and thyroid are harmful. It would, it would seem so untrue to me, just given my general experience with it. And so that and again, nobody has to take anything on my general experience, but I think it fits within the bioenergetic point of view that supplemental cholecal is very helpful. But again, I would refer people to that article because this debate is so weird and out of context and silly. And so I tried to encapsulate all the, my point of my point of view in that article.
1: Mm, You know, like, um, and I've shared this in another podcast about like last year and how stressed I was in the whole, like trying to fall pregnant and so I was doing everything right like eating like 3000 calories a day I was just doing light training getting sun every day walking taking every supplement but yet I was still so anxious waking up like three to four times a night I was peeing like 12 times a day Yeah, my cycle started turning up at 25 days 22 days and I was spotting so like it just shows the effect that stress can have on your body so it's like if you don't address the bigger problem like rather than just trying to fix the symptoms like I'm not saying that obviously supplements don't work and like we all use supplements and the food and everything but that's what I think I like about the whole repeat. it's not going like here's this one symptom focus on that and take this and it's going to fix that um, and that just really I think it just which I knew already, but it really hammered it home for me last year because on paper, I was doing everything right. But because of the emotional stress that I was putting on my body, it was just eliciting that stress response. And it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Like the, this model to me is coherent. There's places to go. You can check your pulse and temperature. You could get lab tests. Like it's not some ethereal concept that is really vague and you don't like where we were talking about like, oh, uh, balance your minerals or something. I was like, what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. And then how do you know that you're doing that? Like, it's just mm-hmm. like really vague concept that's up in the air and it's uh, like, I don't even know of a valid way to measure the magnesium concentration or zinc concentration in the body, you know? Mm-hmm. And so th- that's why, that's why, again, I'm so, I am gravitate so strongly to Ray because the pulse and temperature or the total cholesterol or the prolactin mm-hmm. or the, um, the TSH or et cetera, et cetera, like the, the these markers can push a person in a certain direction and it doesn't have to be this like wild guessing game of what's going on based on some random guru's point of view of like what what health is. Mm. And so I, anything to uh, allow a person to become more autonomous, like they can check their pulse and temperature themselves. They can go get their total cholesterol, TSH, vitamin D, prolactin test by themselves. Like those are things that allow a person to become autonomous. And that is the goal of all this stuff. It's not to become, it's not to be a guru and like have people needing to come to you for the information like that. That's like the, 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 the bad, you don't want that. That's what I'm trying mm, to say.
1: I mm, agree. <laughs> and it's really, you know, helpful. Like, like you say, you can take your health into your own hands,
0: yeah.
1: you know, and like, it's, it's, it's really like now I'm in such a much better place. I think obviously the stress has subsided because I've reached a place of acceptance and still doing all the same shit, but now I'm sleeping through the night. My cycles become regulated again because that stress is gone um, and yeah, I think, you know, there's a whole nother part to it too. Like, you, you know, I did all this tapping and breath work and, you know, just other things to really help me get into this place of, yeah, I guess the best way I can describe it is acceptance that I can't control it and that it may not happen for me, but I'm also okay with that. Cause my, like before I couldn't accept it, I was like, I can't accept that. I can't make this happen, you know, and just torturing myself basically. But anyway, Cracked on you know, enough
0: there, about one, it, I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but one last thing, like, but you are a Renaissance woman, and you have a lot going on, you know. And so, again, when you talk about stress, a lot of people resonate with that. They're like, "Oh yeah, that that makes me feel terrible when I'm really stressed out or whatever." Mm. But. But yeah, again, that's a concept to hang your hat on, and I and again, I think Ray Pete is like a hundred years ahead of everybody. He's mm. all this stuff is based on this stress energy concept, and all of it fits together in a coherent type of way. And so, mm. and then, and then again, you're so you're doing so much, anyways, together with all of our lives post March twenty twenty becoming like the most stressful things imaginable. And so, it, however difficult to maintain a person center pre-March 2020, it is 100, you know, like, so it's just, yeah, I it lost you for a second, but now you're back. Now you're
1: just, I don't know if it's my internet or your internet. It just, you sort of all crackly there. I'm just making sure everything's all plugged in. Just make sure that's, yeah, I think you're fine now. Sorry, could so you repeat what you said. Uh, I was going off on uh, like pre-March of 2020,
0: wow. however much effort it took to feel good at, at that point in time, wow. it must take a hundred times the effort to feel good in January, 2022. And so I think that's why this stress stuff is so worth focusing on and, and, and tackling every stressful thing in a person's life. And that can not just be like emotional stress. It could be like a calcium to phosphorus ratio or something. And so that, that, that that's why I... I'm so drawn to this approach because there's so much stuff to do, like light or something, like light, darkness is stress. And so you can put a red light next to you or something. Mm, mm,
1: mm. Okay, cool. All right, next question. Um, why do people think sugar makes you stay up at night and your teeth rot? <laughs> yeah, I think I
0: had thought that for a long time, the sugar causing like an adrenaline hyperactive effect because they say that's like what causes that – that that's what kids experience, like a sugar rush. That's what they say. Uh, if anything, the opposite is true. That it's a rela- it's like relaxing, and it mm-hmm. helps lower cortisol. And adrenaline makes a person feel very hyperactive. And, and together, estrogen does the same thing. And so it it seems to be like kind of a cultural stereotype that has like no basis in reality whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, the key thing, I'm a little less schooled on, but I, I think there's lots of things that affect dental health, such as your general thyroid function, vitamin D, vitamin K, uh, vitamin A, obviously um, zinc and oysters, um, a person's general intestinal health. Like I have a few articles talking about uh, digestive disease manifesting into like really poor oral health. And so I think it's way more confusing than just, um, oh, if you eat sugar, like your teeth are going to rot or whatever. But again, that's like another cult, a really entrenched, ingrained idea in the culture. And so it's hard to like wiggle out of that when it's so, so many people think that.
1: It's really interesting. Like this, is just an observation I have had, I've got like five or six fillings, but all of them I got before I found pre-metabolic eating. And since then, and now I eat the most sugar I ever have, I've had zero fillings and yeah, good dental yeah. health.
0: Heard many stories like that. There's uh yeah, again, I think there's more to it and if a person is noticing like real, um, like I remember feeling at a certain point that my, everything would stick my, to my teeth, they'd feel very dirty. Mm-hmm. But again, over the years, like, uh, things that weren't sugar would clear that, like that weren't reducing sugar would clear that up. Like I'd increase my vitamin D dose or my teeth 3 dose. And it would, I think would affect my saliva and that would affect the kind of the the general health of the teeth. And so, mm-hmm. so again, I haven't deeply studied it, but I think it's relatively complex and that just, yeah. I, I I don't, I don't think sh- sugar alone or anything is like a culprit for, uh, or a poor oral health.
1: Um, okay. Next question. Have you heard of teal swan? To somebody, I told you somebody asked me yeah. yesterday,
0: but I am not familiar with them.
1: Is it just, I guess, it, is it a God and it's a woman or a man teal? N- no idea. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um, what do you think of the croissant diet? Is it a good choice? Oh, I fucking love. croissants. Yeah, it, yeah. The, yeah, I don't know what the, the, the croissant it. diet is. I've never heard of it. Is that, a, is this a new diet?
0: I'm not super familiar with it, but it's a guy on Twitter. And I think he has a blog, it's called like um, fire in a bottle or something. And he's very pro saturated fat. So obviously he's a force for good, you know? Yeah. But I think he, he is like anti-sugar because of some like enzyme. I I haven't dug into his work. I I need to, but um, he seems like a really bright person, but I just, I haven't really grappled with his ideas.
1: Okay, cool. Um, I did a glucose test, drank 75 grams of glucose in 300 mils of water and all, My glucose didn't rise at all. Do you have any idea what this could be caused from? I have PCOS.
0: The glucose didn't rise at all. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. I I'm like blanking on what would happen. To be honest, maybe the cells are taking it up really quickly. That's like the only thing I can think of. But
1: uh... they usually suffer from insulin resistance. That they clients with PCOS. Yeah. Yeah. They'll have like high free fatty acids, but that will keep the blood
0: sugar relatively high. I think, Mm. um, yeah, that's a new one. I'd I'd ask this person more questions. I'd Mm. ask them about other, other blood levels. They had their pulse and temperature and things. Mm. There are a few articles that talk about PCOS being a result of progesterone deficiency and Mm. and obviously thyroid deficiency because they go together. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I'd I'd ask more questions. I think,
1: Mm -hmm. um, can you ask Danny how he optimized testosterone when he said it was once low? Oh, no, he's frozen. Oh, there we go. It was really low.
0: It was like a 120, just... which is like an old 90-year-old
1: man-like just danny you just hey, we're, okay we're back sorry, sorry hang on yeah. we'll, start, we'll, we'll start that again we're having a bit of internet issues so start start again from from the you start. know what? i could yeah. i could
0: pause this and turn on my vpn but it might just like yeah. kill our connection um you think? but it's up to you you're gonna probably have to like edit this or something um
1: that's all right we can try do you want me to just <laughs> okay. pause it i'll pause the record hang on everyone just pause <laughs> oh we're not live are we And we're not live, but I'll just, you'll be listening to it. I might not even bloody cut it. I'll just (laughs) leave this bit in, you know? Well, the... I'm just going to pause it now. (laughs) Okay, we're back. And, uh, okay, so can you ask Danny how he optimized testosterone when he said it was once low?
0: Yeah, so this is another, like, experiential thing, noticing, like, having a good, uh, like, strong libido, taking Sinoplus, so T3 and T4, and then stopping taking it and it would go real low again. And so that, and that caused me to do just kind of like a cursory search of hypogonadism, which is like low testosterone and, and hypothyroidism. And it turns out they're, they go very hand in hand. And so I don't think the dihy- dihydroepiandrosterone, which is produced from pregnenolone, which is made by thyroid, LDL, and vitamin A, like that whole process is, becomes stagnant, I think, when the thyroid is low. And so I, I, I think a good way to approach a low testosterone situation is to optimize the, the thyroid. And that's where it kind of gets kicked off. Mm. And uh, yeah, that, so like hypogonadism, hypogonadism or low testosterone as a result of hypothyroidism. And, but doctors had prescribed me androgel, which is like stuff you put on your shoulders. And then I switched to testosterone sippinate a long time ago, which is like an injection And I got, I, so I was really hypothyroid at that time, but the, the injections and the androgel didn't make me feel any different whatsoever. And so I had like a really high testosterone level, but I still was hypothyroid and it didn't make me feel better. And it probably made me feel worse. And so I think, I think a a natural tendency for a guy is to want to like over-focus on testosterone, but I really think the thyroid should be the, like the first thing that a person approaches and, and maybe coupled with obviously good nutrition and kind of sorting out any intestinal problem. But the, so again, nobody has to approach things how I think they should, but thyroid, vitamin D, good nutrition, and maybe like an intestinal disinfectant or something, that to me forms this really strong foundation, good base. And then a person can launch off from that in a bunch of different directions if they wanted
1: to. Mm, cool. All right. Next question. Um, talking with Ray, you guys mentioned oat bran. Do you mean oatmeal or oat bran? <laughs>
0: I think oat bran has less like digestible carbohydrate and it's more fiber. And so, again, I'm not super clear on this, but I think, I think Ray is just talking about kind of the virtues of fiber and absorbing endotoxin and estrogen in the intestine and, mm. and helping remove it. And, and in that last interview, you talked about the carrot being too stimulating for some people. Mm. And I, I've actually received email from people that thought it like caused diarrhea and things like that.
1: Mm. Yeah. I've had so people that, have that, issues with it. Yeah.
0: yeah, and that so I'm I'm glad he articulated that you know, and people doing better a lot of the times on the mushrooms, which is also my experience of saying like, okay, forget the carrot, just try the mushrooms. Mm. And but I, to be honest with you, my interest in the oat brand is so I can stockpile it. <laughs> so that's like that's like the main reason I was like, oh, Ray yeah. is cool with oat brand. Okay, I'll keep just stockpile it because that's
1: so uh, funny, yeah, you can't yeah. stockpile carrots. Yeah, exactly. yeah, well, mushrooms, they'll just go off. <laughs>
0: But the, but the last thing is, and this has nothing to do with health per se, but it is such an amazing breakfast. It takes a minute to make, you yeah. can put butter and sugar mm. uh, in it. And it's just so quick. Like I have four calls in the morning. I don't have yeah. t- tons of time to cook and things. Mm. And so just making it in the morning is really nice. And oh, Butter and sugar uh, but would be amazing. In oh it. my God. It oh. tastes t- 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 so, so good. And so I, I've been in I, I, I wasn't interested. I have to emphasize. I wasn't interested because I thought there was some deficit in my nutrition. It was just because the stockpiling thing was very attractive <laughs> to me.
1: I love it. Um, <laughs> what, is the, what is the fruit that males, Danny, what is the fruit that males, Danny, feel the best? So what fruit? Is he asking what fruit is best for males? <laughs> I, so. I don't know. The fruit that works for you? Yeah, What's the same lot? fruit yeah. that's.
0: Good for females. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) on the
0: digestive for you. Yeah, Yeah. but to acknowledge that this is kind of a complex question because fruit quality is so bad so many places. Mm. And so, for example, I said on the live stream that I recorded a few days ago, like I haven't had good orange juice for months. Like uh, every time I would buy a bag of oranges, I'd take them home and they'd be sour, and I just end up throwing them out. And so. Uh, like churamoyas are really interesting. Longans, lychees, uh, mm. soursops or guanabanas are interesting. Mm. Uh, those are all like exotic fruits that aren't available <laughs> everywhere. And, and then orange juice is, sounds like a boring uh, like juice or fruit or whatever, but it's really interesting. And so um, if the, a person can't get like sweet, fresh oranges, I think trying orange juice concentrate with no additives is kind of the second best thing. Mm. You know, ironically, in Mexico, we don't have, I've never seen that. And so I've seen it in the US and I've seen it in other countries, but I've never seen it in Mexico. So, but I would start, I would also stockpile that and put it in my fridge. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're so lucky. We, um, there's this great market that's open around the corner from us called Harris Bar Markets. They have this juice bar where they squeeze fresh juice every day and orange juice and it is the bomb. Like every couple of days I go and stock up and then we buy the oranges are amazing too. They're so cheap. Five bucks a kilo and they're so sweet, so juicy. So we have like our breakfast is usually eggs and cheese, sometimes sourdough, cherries because they're in season and I'll just cut up an orange and it's and a coffee as well with collagen and sugar. I just love orange and they're cheap. Like if you can get them they look really like our you know, Craig just loves bananas. I love oranges, cherries, mangoes. They're in season. You just whatever's in season that I like, and I think just digest well for me. But you're right. I'm lucky. We're lucky living in Australia. We get good seasonal fruit. Hundred yeah. percent. That that was what uh,
0: one of the things that was so nice about Thailand is they're such like a mm. fruit oriented culture. Yeah. And so if you go to the market there, they'll have just this like a uh, battery of juices to to drink. Like we have the longin juice and lychee juice and things like that. And like. So I, I, I love that so much. But it, Mexico is supposed to be like that. But where I am right now, it's not, not very
1: you good. You know what's another interesting observation? I was just telling Craig this the other day that when we first started eating pro metabolically, you know, like obviously I'd come from just all the green vegetables and nuts and seeds and the pufas. Like if I ever drank pulpy orange juice, it would make me fart. But mm-hmm. now, because this juice that they squeeze is just fresh oranges. Like they don't strain the pulp out. There's not heaps of pulp in there, but it, you can see the pulp. And I just drink it and I have no issues now. So, obviously, my digestion's improved and.
0: Yeah, becoming more robust. You know, I think that's the name of the game. But, uphill battle for a lot of people because things are. I hate to be keeping a downer here, but things are getting worse, not better. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, everyone to be jealous of my amazing. Orange. You know, actually,
0: I'm going to turn off this light real I think okay. I, I really am afraid my power's going to go up.
1: Yeah, turn the light off. It looks good with that, with just the light on your face anyway. It looks so cool. It's just like pitch black and then the light on the face. I wish people could see it. Um, So what do you typically eat in a day, Danny?
0: It's been that oat brand when waking up. That's uh, then like milk and coffee and sugar. uh, And then, so I'll do like three or four calls. Like, so hours of hearing myself talk. (laughs) And then I'll have... um, Usually some like uh, an egg and so maybe some like I've been eating like lamb recently.
1: Mm, I love lamb. And then,
0: um, oh, and I had like lamb shank and, and oxtail as well. Oh, and sometimes like b- between those calls, I'll have like a cup of, of like gelatin broth from the lamb shank. Mm. Uh, but I'll, I only have like 30 minutes between those calls. So I have to like, make something kind of quick. But then I'll be drinking like three liters of milk throughout the day usually, and I have to stress I'm not like oh I need to drink that. It just it feels kind of natural these days to drink that much. It's just kind of something that's happened over a while. So that oat brand, uh, an egg, some meat, the, those three liters of milk, coffee, sugar in the in the coffee. Again, I wish I had some kind of fruit to have, but I just haven't found it these right now. And uh, so yeah, it's that it's weird saying that because I haven't really thought about like what exactly I eat every day. But that that's pretty much has been very similar for a while now.
1: And would you say, Danny, I just want to say this, because I think fucking people listen to this sometimes and go, I'm just going to go and eat exactly what Danny eats. And it's like, <laughs> there's no like repeat diet, you know, like my diet, like as an example, just to tell you what I eat, which is different to you, similar foods, but different quantities, you know, get up, have the eggs with the cheese, you know, the milk, the collagen, the fruit, and then, like, just before, because it it's quick and easy for me, like, three slices of cheese with a glass of the fresh orange juice. Lunch is I've made a big batch of chicken feet broth on the weekend. Chicken yeah. feet are the best. They're so cheap. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, 6 bucks for 1.8 kilos. I feel like it's the most budget-friendly. And the broth is so gelatinous. It's yeah. like rock hard. It's the best. Not yeah. rock hard, but it's really hard. So a soup with with that, <laughs> with rice noodles, with some chicken thigh that I've just, you know, like organic chicken thigh with some ginger and soy and garlic. And then I'll have some yogurt with some probably mango or cherries because they're in season. And then dinner, I think we're having barramundi potatoes cooked in like I keep the fat from when I make the oxtail stew and it's so good mm-hmm. for cooking and then ice cream with collagen for dinner so that's what mm-hmm. I like and what works for me so I think people when they're listening to this I feel like where people get into trouble is they'll be like oh I tried the repeat diet or I tried the Danny Roddy you know but it's like you know shouldn't copy what someone else is eating you know like Craig has a different diet again to me that is optimal for him and that he enjoys can you comment on that
0: yeah, of course. Well, like I have to like, so I'm going to the market and I'm like, Oh, what's good here to eat. I'm not thinking about like sticking to some arbitrary dietary standards that, are, that I, that Ray made or something. And so like, I'm doing the best with what I have access to. And, and, you know, so I, I've lived in Japan, Malaysia, uh, the Philippines, Thailand, and in my diet. I'm using air quotes here. It has been different, like everywhere I've been, just depending on what I had access to. For example, in the Philippines, they only, the area where I was in Manila, they only had UHT milk. So the ultra heated pasteurized Mm -hmm. milk. And so Mm -hmm. I just drank a ton of that while I was there, but I don't really drink that here because I have access to fresh milk, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but the the other thing I would want to stress though, is like, I I am eating like oysters and liver each week and things like that. And so it's Mm -hmm. not like that is an everyday type of thing. But if I had access to more things, like, again, if the uh, uh, oranges were really sweet right now, I'd be buying loads of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Chiramoyas, I occasionally find at the market. Those are good, too. But when I bring them home, a lot of times they're smashed because Mm -hmm. they're so delicate. And so I've been not buying a ton of them. And so, so again, we probably talked about this, but I think like a high protein, high carbohydrate, high calcium to phosphorus, um, those supplemental foods like, uh, o- oysters and liver, those are mm-hmm. some of the things I think of, like when talking about diet, I don't think of specific foods per se, you know, other than yeah, the yeah. oysters and liver and things. I think of trying to do a high calcium, higher protein, uh, higher carbohydrate, maybe like, um, saturated uh, emphasis on saturated fats. That's-, That's what I think of as like a template for diet, not a person should eat these specific foods at this specific time. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's like yeah. eat a whole, mostly whole food diet that includes liver and oysters if you can, because they're so nutrient dense, some form of dairy, some mm. nutrient dense sugars, saturated fat, salt. It's like, where can you get those things from? And then what it is you actually enjoy and digest well for you, I think. Um, and you're right, like, you know, we've had times where Craig, like when he just had the like the parasite and the digestive issues, he just drank the UHT milk because it's got the calcium. It's still got the calcium, yeah. you know, and everyone's like, oh, you got to drink raw milk. And it's like, well, we just couldn't access raw milk and it didn't digest well for him at the time. So, you know, he just still could get the calcium. Um, and then, you know, like even now, you know, like we love spaghetti, like we love spag bog. And when we first started any sort of like, um, you know, like gluten really – this didn't digest well for us. So I think obviously our digestion wasn't very robust, but now like Craig's over the parasite his digestion so much better. And I'm in, I'm good now. So like once a week we have, um we, I just love speedy bolognese. So we have pasta <laughs> once a we just have it once a week, you know, that works well for us. You know, I have sourdough when I feel like it, you know, sometimes I'll be like, ah, oh, digestion feels a bit funny. I didn't do a good poo today. So I'm not just hang off the sourdough today and then I'll have it again. Then, you know, like it's just finding that, balance i think for you that it's like between what you enjoy and that will make you feel good too
0: couldn't couldn't agree more and also i bet you could concur that my diet is way different than it was in like 2010 you know like it's changed a lot like i remember hearing ray talk about drinking like three liter two or three liters of milk and i was like is he crazy i can't even drink one but like over a, a period of 10 years that, that is like, that's like effortless for me these days. I could drink yeah, three yeah. liters without even thinking about it. Yeah. And, and, but when I tried that in like 2010 or 2000, uh, late 2010, early 11, I would just have like diet, pure diarrhea or something. So it was, again, things that's why I don't emphasis so much on, uh, put so much emphasis on foods because it's going to mm. change like in a, per- a person's taste is so personal. And mm. so it's like, how, how perverted for me to like prescribe a diet to somebody when they like different things than I do. Mm. A- and and again, uh, like, uh, we probably talked about this too, but like some people with poor liver function, they're probably going to do better on like a higher saturated fat diet. Whereas somebody that's taking thyroid or something can probably get away with a lower fat because I think the higher fat is going to like slow down the absorption of sugar or, or carbohydrate and kind of make up for a, a, an underfunctioning liver. Mm-hmm. And so it's, again, it's, uh, nutrition is like a tool in the toolbox, you know, and it's mm-hmm. not to be like glorified,
1: uh, as like the end all be all for everything. I think. Mm, and you're right, it evolves. You're right. Yeah. Like how I eat now is different to how I, when I started and yeah, it's just, you know, like also too, sometimes we'll go out for dinner and there'll be pufas in the meal, but we're like, who oh, a shit, you know, like, it's just, <laughs> so, I think it's more important what you do most of the time. Like if you're eating heaps of pufas every single day, it's probably not great, you know, but if you're going out once a month and having, I'm just as an example, like fish and chips, cause you just love fish and chips, you know, and you just love it. It's cooked in the canola oil, you know, take your vitamin E, take your aspirin, you know, like, but it's sort of, you know, you don't want to live your whole life. I think never ha- not that I'm I just I mean I probably wouldn't even eat fish and I just it's too oily and gross now. But I'm just using that as an example, you know. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. And again, that's for everybody to decide what mm. up to what's up to them, you know. Mm. And like some people I talk to have like debilitating health problems or yeah, they couldn't stuff. do it. and some, pe- and some yeah. people don't, you know. And so it's yeah. just it's completely up to them how how adherent they want to be to kind of the things that make them feel well. But like, but if I had eaten uh, something that upset my stomach, like yesterday, I'd be like holding in diarrhea or something talking to you and that yeah. wouldn't be necessarily very good for me to like, that wouldn't <laughs> be a comfortable situation. So that's why I tend not to do those things. But, but again, that's my, my weak millennial 80, 1985 body. And uh, so I just have to grapple with that, you know,
1: <laughs> you know like this is related to this conversation about over the holidays but usually I, I really like discipline and structure and I, you know, track, I, but I don't track like religiously. I have to stick to this. Like it's more of a guideline for me to make sure that I, you know, eat regularly and I've got food prep because we're like now in 2022, like all our businesses are ramping up. We're fucking busy, you know, like yeah. I have to be organized and if I don't have food prepped and if I don't eat enough, I can't cope with the stress. I can't sleep. But anyway, over the holidays, you know, there's no stress. Like you know, we just slept in and we didn't prep any food because, like, oh well, we we had shit in the fridge, obviously. So we made breakfast, but we're like, oh, maybe we'll go out for lunch today, or maybe we'll what will we make for dinner? We'll pop down to the market, you know. So it's was much less structured with it, but still, I just sat ate similarish foods, you know, because it's like I the foods that I love, I eat every single day. It's not like before when I would go, I would be restricting all year, and you know, like the weeks leading up to my holidays, and then like, oh, it's just a free for all. You know, like it's cause I just think, you know, and I talked to this lady yesterday, actually in our program, she's lost like, she started at 98 kilos and she's lost like 14 and a half kilos in 16 weeks, eating 2150 calories and just well, strength training two to three days a week, you know, walking, she's got a young baby. And she's like, Kitty, I just get to eat all these delicious foods that I love every single day. <laughs> she's like, you know, dairy and cheese and potatoes. And I make this flourless chocolate brownie and I have my homemade ice cream at night. Like, it's so easy to be consistent. I don't crave anything because I'm just eating all these wonderful, she eats her liver and oysters, you know, and eats, gets enough protein and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's like honoring your body and what it like craves. And people say to me, like, you eat quite similar things. So I'm like, yeah, but it's because I love them. Like I just love ice cream so much. Like I try to eat different things sometimes oh no. for dessert, but I always gravitate back to the ice cream because I just love it.
0: I'm really having light problems with this. Interview. All my lights are like dying. Well, it's oh all right. Cause God, it's so obviously that. a
1: podcast so no one sees you. So don't worry about it. We just need to make okay. sure we can hear you. Okay.
0: <laughs> this is embarrassing. I, I completely agree with you. You know, like when, When Ray was talking about again, I'm not following these things that Ray is saying. I just think he makes a strong case for these foods being useful to mitigate the the degenerative effects of stress and to increase like the real biological energy. But when he was talking about seafood or dairy or um, oysters or whatever, like I liked all those foods, and I was like, "Hey, I just got off like two years of carnivore Mm -hmm. eating meat and water for two years, and I and I can stick to any diet, you know, like that's a very easy thing for me." But, uh, and then I was vegan before that and vegetarian before that. And so it was, I mean, again, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to say I stick to a diet, but kind of what I do now is the least dogmatic, least difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Like the two, two years of eating meat and water, mostly ground beef and water like that. I didn't cheat a single time, not a single time did I cheat, you know? And so, I mean, that took some serious effort and serious willpower, but, um, but yeah, I I don't, again, it's not. The nutrition space tends to be totally devoted to dietary stuff, but I, that that's why I don't focus on that stuff so much because I think things like thyroid and vitamin D and intestinal disinfectants, I think those are as important as nutrition, sometimes more important. And so again, the environment and a person's life, there's so many ways to accumulate stresses to an to a point where diet will only do so much for a person. And so I I strongly believe that uh, if a person is experiencing some degenerative health problems that they should obviously try to eat something that makes them feel good, but also look outside the scope of diet because it might not be enough to really make a dent in their health problem.
1: I think it's a good start though. Like, I mean, I think it depends on the person that you're working with too. Like we get a lot of women, Danny, that like, they just need to start bloody eating breakfast and eating regularly and getting adequate protein. Like they don't plan ahead. They don't, you know, once they start like this lady doing all these things and she's planning her food and she's eating regular meals, eating the carrot, like all of a sudden she's, you know, cycles regulated, sleep's better. So, you know, like obviously I think it's a really good foundation and a base and I don't want people to like, Cause I, what I see sometimes too, is people like doing all this shit, like thyroid and all that stuff. It's like, you're fucking not even eating regularly or eating enough calories or like eating, <laughs> you know, eating breakfast. So I think like they're both important. Right. And it depends on the person. Like if someone like you say is doing all the right things with the nutrition, but then, you know, these, these other factors that are like, that they need to take into consideration as well.
0: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Nutrition is very, very important and you have to eat. You know, yeah. nobody doesn't have to. So that, so like you said, it's very, very important, but I, I, so I, I, I could just, you could make it go, go both ways. Like obviously yeah. nutrition is important and some, and some people, again, that have ex- been beaten down in life or something that are experiencing health problems. Um, like, and some people get lucky, you know, they do dietary things and all their health problems are fixed and some people yeah. aren't like that. And so, so again, like, uh, like what I always say is like Ray Pete's work or the things he talks about. Is like a big toolbox, you know, and you can take these tools and experiment with them and hopefully feel the way you want about things and and kind of perfect your health as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's uh, yeah. And again, I'm just kind of like pushing back a little bit on the over focus of nutrition and the health space, but obviously it's extremely important.
1: Yeah. And of course, like, again, depends on the person, right? Like we (laughs) typically don't work with a lot of the people that you work with, like our women, they need to like get these fundamental, you know, get walking every day, get sunlight, fix their nutrition, work on some stress, you know, like not exercise like crazy, just do better types of exercise, you know, like, yeah. Cause I think, yeah, we get, we get a lot of that. Like we'll get a client come in and they're just taking every supplement, but they're not eating breakfast or not getting enough protein. And you're like, yeah, I think again, like it's, everything's important. It's all important. And depending on the person.
0: (laughs) Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah, Uh, totally. And never do interviews in pitch black darkness either.
1: (laughs) It's all right. You know, what else can see you. They can hear you. So it's fine. Um, Okay. Do you think topical progesterone on the scalp can help?
0: I, I, there is an old paper that says like uh, progesterone is the most like anti, I don't know how to say it. anti fibroma like anti-fibrosis hormone basically that exists. And so the, this person is talking about hair loss, right? Like the, I, I, the pathology of hair loss, I think does involve kind of chronic inflammation on the scalp and eventually leading to fibrosis. Mm. And so that's not a crazy idea. And there are old papers that talk about it. You know, I think that's a worthwhile experiment. The problem is it's real sticky, you know, and if it gets in your hair, mm. it, it's like a big sticky mess. And so it's, it's, uh, I, I, it's pr- kind of impractical to use all the time, but um, yeah, t- I mean, it's a totally valid ex- ex- uh, experiment. And then combining that with DHEA, which also has anti-fibrotic effects. I think that would be a good, interesting experiment.
1: Um, from the same person, do you think supplementing B vitamins can help with hair growth? Have you ever done it?
0: I mean, it could just help with general health. And I think that would trickle down into hair growth. Like, um, but the, 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 thing that worries me about the B vitamins is I think like each one could be a potential allergen. And so when you take like a B complex, what you're taking like six or seven different, uh, potential allergens that could irritate a person's stomach. And so that's why I'm such a big fan of liver. Cause I think it just mm-hmm. takes the complexity out of the equation and because again, it's so, it's so easy to harm a person with the taking supplements. And I think the less, the less like complexity of some regimen a person is doing, usually the easier it is to figure things out. And so B vitamins is, is one of those things that they, a person can eliminate by eliminate a supplement by using liver or using a kind of high quality pastured egg every day. And so it just, it just seems to me to like be redundant. But again, if a person is really compelled that they think they need the B vitamins, they, they should experiment with that. But For myself, I try to limit the amount of supplements I take, and if 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 liver is the best source of B vitamins of the foods, you know, I'm just going to eat that every week.
1: Mm. Um, uh, How to treat SIBO or address gut difficulties when lots of the pro metabolic foods
0: irritate your gut? Yeah, yeah. So that that's what I noticed when I got into Ray's work. You know, I couldn't even drink milk if I wanted to; like, it caused such like intense diarrhea. And then I stopped the milk. And would just eat kind of normal foods and I'd still have really bad digestion. And so I think at a certain point I was listening to Ray on, maybe it was like KMUD or something. And he was saying that the carrot was acting as like a mild antibiotic. And I noticed that when I consistently did that, it did kind of lessen the intensity and like frequency of bad digestion I had. And so at that point I was super desperate and I had found Ray. I thought he was a very learned person. You know, he obviously had lots of wisdom, and I think in, P- from PMS to menopause, he mentions like women taking a uh, penicillin and it having like an anti-estrogenic effect and obviously decreasing the endotoxin. And so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try that. And so I think I emailed him and, uh, and it was like well, my first or second email to him is like, where to I get penicillin? And he sent me like a link to a Mexican website and I bought it. And within two weeks I could comfortably drink goat milk without any problems. And so, so, so again, you could try the carrot. You could try a well-cooked white button mushrooms. Um, you could try something like that. Mega spore bionic pro, uh, um, probiotic, which contains B subtilis and B licheniformis, which are like these strains of bacteria that produce antibiotics in the intestine. They could try another kind of intestinal disinfectant called bacteriophage or fluorophage or fluorocyst is another product. And then if all those failed, they could try penicillin VK or erythromycin or tetracycline or doxycycline or minocycline, whatever they had access to. Because again, digestion is one of those things that if it's if a person does have kind of harmful bacteria on their small intestine, it's, I, in my estimation, it's going to be really difficult to go anywhere. Like they're they're always going to be stu- stuck in like neutral, I think, because it's such like a profound stress to, to have a bacterial overgrowth that I think it's... I think it just makes people feel miserable and they like can't, can't, can't navigate anywhere because they, of that bacteria in their intestine. Okay, cool. So
1: I'm separate with the questions. Um, why do we feel electric shocks when we touch things like a car door or doorknob? <laughs> what a random question. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Google. Maybe Google um, this is a good one. Any sleep tips? I'm struggling to have a good night's sleep.
0: Yeah. So I would ask multiple questions about this, but I think an under kind of appreciated uh, variable for bad sleep is bad digestion. So either constipation throughout the day or diarrhea, the serotonin that the intestine produces, I think can keep a person kind of that wired and tired feeling like they're very tired, but they go to bed and they're, they're not necessarily worrying, but their mind is just kind of like awake. Uh, Like like they can't slip into the sleep state. So optimizing the digestion, um checking your thyroid function, checking your temperature and pulse rate, uh using maybe aspirin before bed as long as the person was taking vitamin K, um uh, maybe using progesterone before bed can sometimes help. Um anything that causes relaxation lowers the serotonin, estrogen, adrenaline, cortisol. Um like somebody once said that sleeping was like a high energy activity. And so that's why all these things could contribute to poor sleep as they all like interfere with energy metabolism and um but i'm sure you have some so thoughts on your own right
1: oh like i think some of the things that we recommend to our clients is just making sure they're getting adequate calories and carbs protein balancing their blood sugar you know for me if i don't eat enough during the day yeah. instantly my sleep gets affected i wake up i notice notice it instantly and if i need to eat regularly too and eat a really good breakfast like if i skimp on the breakfast that affects me getting out and getting sun and walking in the morning really helps doing some form of activity during the day um salt like i find if i don't need enough salt um uh, i think things like you know before bed snack as well if i don't have something you know like i really like the ice cream with the gelatin's high in glycine or like something with sort of salt sugar bit of protein um you know like carbs before bed is really useful um you know we've got our clean casein a lot of clients love that they'll make like the casein custard what else? Um, I think things too, like just having a regular bedtime, <laughs> like Craig and I, we've just, you know, cause last year I just had the shit sleep cause I was just so stressed all the time about the bloody pregnancy stuff. And like, after we decided, I was like, okay, we're, we're just not going to try anymore. We're going to have a break. I really, my focus was, okay, I'm going to improve my sleep and get my cycle back on track. Like that was my, months I've spent and like now like we've got this like aura app ring so it's like a little game you know you wake up (laughs) and you're like oh yes 97 95 you know like it's I'm finally sleeping better and you know just also what which helped us too was I think a lot of people and I used to do the same thing scroll on social media like blue light you know turning that shit off before you go to bed try to you know getting off your phone we put our phones downstairs we don't have any wi-fi on um you know we go to we start to get ready for bed at eight which means that we're asleep by nine so then we wake up naturally with the light and it gives us enough time to get the eight hours you know we'll have a long sometimes i don't sleep well it's not always but most of the time um having a bedtime routine you know winding down having a warm shower making sure the room is cool but not too cool blocking out all the light i wear earplugs i wear an eye mask because craig has the CPAP. Um, <laughs> You know, just all of those things too, I think are really can help as well. I agree. Knocking out the easy things.
0: So like turning Mm. the router off or using ethernet or even in my place, I'll turn off the breaker to the room because the room just has outlets basically on every wall of where my bed is. Mm. And so I, I ordered a thing to check a dirty electricity, but like just turning the breaker off turns all those outlets off and Yeah. And so I, we kind of talked about it before, but I I live uh, far away from the city now and the emf here is super low i don't think i've ever slept deeper in my life like it, it mm. it's crazy not being in the city what it can do to a person sleep. Wow. like I'm, I'm having like the craziest deepest dreams i've like ever had before but that but that's just and again that's environment that's just where mm. i am
1: you know? mm. i think too like a big one like the stress reduction like if you're really stressed like we've had clients you have know, to get on the live calls i like oh i just really hate my job like really? they have so stressing them out waking up at 2 a.m as soon as they quit their job stress is gone they sleep through the night you know or you know things like you can do the breath work I do that now before I go to bed it's like four in just hold it then eight out and I do that for five minutes and that really helps just calm my my sisters. my sister's got this nickname for me people will probably be offended she calls me Spurgy because she's like you're so (laughs) like you're just you're just so high energy and all over the place it helps me calm my brain journaling maybe too like I find you know, finishing work and going, okay, looking at the day, the next day, writing down what the three things I need to achieve. So I can go to bed going, I'm not thinking about what I have to do, my food's all prepped, you know, just all these. I'm writing a post actually about next week, but just I think all these little things can help you, Um, you know, because like you say, it's sleep. It's not like there's so many different factors I think that can affect it. Like last year I was doing everything right on paper, not overtraining, so much food, but my sleep was the worst it's ever been ever. Like, mm-hmm. but only because of that emotional stress. So, you know, like, and, and I actually noticed too, Craig and I've talked about this, like if I eat a lot of bread, sourdough bread in a day, I don't sleep as well. Like my digestion it's, is off as well. So then the next day I'll just, you know, eat more fruit, simple sugars, root vegetables, and then I sleep better. Yeah. That goes
0: back to the digestion. I think that is an underappreciated variable. Um, mm. Whenever my intestine was upset or something, it was incredibly mm. difficult to get to sleep.
1: Mm, mm. so there's lots of different things there people like oh, fuck, you know, maybe do one thing at a time don't get overwhelmed um, uh, amenorrhea can improve with thi- can it improve with thyroid medication you probably have to <laughs> yeah, like I have that do you think too though like obviously if they're they're under they're under eating and probably over exercising so their you know energy demands are great in their intake so if they take thyroid and don't address that it's probably not going to do anything would you agree or well
0: sometimes the appetite can be blunted from high cortisol from hypothyroidism and so mm-hmm. t- sometimes taking t th- t3 in super small amounts you know that that might be something i i again i haven't checked my notes on this subject for a while but i'm, all, I'm almost positive that's well correlated with hypothyroidism and so mm-hmm. that that that's like the stereotype that the doctors have they'll be like oh you don't have hypothyroidism because you're not obese But then Mm. like I I was 120 pounds and extremely hypothyroid. And then I'm sure lots of women with like anorexia or amenorrhea or whatever, like Mm. they'll also be kind of uh, subject to this stereotype. And so, so again, Mm. the the starting place for assessing that would be checking the pulse and temperature Mm. and then doing all the things like starting with the easiest things from the nutrition to the carbohydrate, to the calcium, to the Mm. intestinal disinfectant, and then jumping into the more complex things. If a person thought it was warranted, like they were living with this amenorrhea for 10 years yeah. and they couldn't take it anymore like you ha- they had to find relief you know and so yeah just trying the easiest stuff to the to the hard stuff
1: yeah we've had like women i'm just this is an example of a lady that ca- she's been in our program for years but she came in in like 10 years of no period but she mm-hmm. was eating 1200 calories a day she literally walked, yeah. she was tiny exercising every single day so we just pulled her training back three days a week built up her calories you know she got up to eating 2000 calories a day eating you know dairy and all of the things that we talked about, liver and oysters, um, and then within eleven months, her cycle, she came back. Her period came back. You know, amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We've seen that happen heaps with women in our program that come in like that. You know, it's just, I guess, their body just doesn't feel, and it's not going to ovulate because it's like famine. Its body's going to its famine. You know, like it's not a good time to make a baby.
0: <laughs> exactly, and then and then that's promoted by the this toxic culture we live in that that is somehow desirable. Yeah, And so like, it's like the, man. I mean, I really feel for w- women, you know, I think there are so many more toxic stuff marketed mm. at women than men. It, it's it's mm. like the birth control stuff, the makeup, the everything, like there's so many ways to kind of harm yourself with that stuff. And I,
1: I I think it's hard, hard to be a woman. And yeah, that's just on this same topic about the, like, I didn't realize it's only been the last probably like three or four years where I've really gotten better with like shit that I put on my skin. Like I just yeah. had really no idea how like estrogenic those things were, you know? And once I sort of read more about it and learned more about it, I was like, Oh wow. Like this is so interesting. And there's so much shit that we put in ourselves, like shampoo and conditioner, fake tan I used to use so much fake tan makeup <laughs> creams perfumes you know like and this is I think something that really motivated Emma and I like the skincare's is coming out in February we're just de- developing makeup which is so cool which is taking a while because it's hard to make it without all the shit in it and make it stick like stay together but it's coming um you know but slowly over time I've really you know got the I mean not that that's fragrances and things what the boobs out but just trying to <laughs> You know, gradually, oh, and cleaning products, and like Mm -hmm. just, you know, there's just so much shit, and people don't realize. Can you actually quickly talk about? So, like, and I mean, this is how I, and this is a very simplified explanation, but this is how I understand it. So, you know, when they say a substance is estrogenic, it has, it's like you've got the hormone receptors, and like they have these, it's like a little lock and key, and that substance has the same lock that activates the estrogen receptor in the body. That's how I basically understand it. So it has estrogen-like um, – it acts like estrogen in the body, basically. That's how I understand it.
0: Yeah. So this is like, like – you just asked like a super deep question, you know? Like th- this is a hotly debated topic. Mm. And like the uh, – so that, that's kind of the, the normal medical model. Mm. And then like a Gilbert Ling, so he's, he's the person that uh, Ray cites as having like a different view of the cell – And like substances that are similar to estrogen in structure can uh, just by being in the blood, it can modify the uh, absorption of water within cells Mm -hmm. and cause them to switch to like the MO of estrogen is switching cells to glycolysis or fermentation, like a primitive way of making um, energy and like turning off the mitochondria. And so apparently substances, substances can do this just by their presence in the blood. Like they wow. don't have to go through some lock key receptor. Um, and so again, I'm far from understanding this, but actually talk about it a little bit in that vitamin D article towards the center. Yeah. Cause that's one of the, the anti vitamin D points is the, whatever the, but um, anyways, Gilbert Lee a good person to, to reference for that, but um Yeah. A lot of things act like estrogen. And and so I I guess the pharmaceutical industry figured that out a long time ago Mm. and they could just uh, patent like a a myriad of different toxic substances that acted like estrogen in the body. And and then our paper towels and a bunch Mm. of toilet paper and stuff all have like BPA and stuff, which is like an estrogenic chemical. I found out that on a live stream, like, I, I'm, I've been, like, a heavy paper towel user for mm. 20 years, you know? Like, I, I don't know why. I've always found them to very, be very convenient. And I just found out they contain, like, uh, a lot of BPA. And I was, really? like, literally shocked. And so really? that's, like, embarrassing somebody, like, in the health world. I, I had so no what clue. What do you
1: use instead of paper towel?
0: Well, there's, like, this bamboo brand here that is made from, like, cellulose, basically. Like, it's napkins. Uh. And so I just started buying that. But, yeah, okay, but people, I, 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 I was I was just completely shocked that it's like embarrassing
1: Yeah, you know, i didn't know that either we have been using paper towel because henry just is still toilet training and like we use heaps of paper towel because he's pisses everywhere and poos everywhere but i'm going to look out for that i'm sure they'd have that stuff in australia um okay cool um sino plus and sinomel how to supplement them always pair together or t3 alone so
0: sublimating thyroid is kind of like an artistic exercise. You know, I would recommend reading uh, hypothyroidism, the unsuspected illness by Brother Barnes. I'd recommend going through like that Ray Pete email wiki on the things that Ray says about using thyroid. But I think the general gist of it, like an easy way to go about it is like the Sinomel tablet is about 25 micrograms of T3. And so, um, I'm losing even more light here. Okay, but the mm-hmm. the body pr- produces about three or four micrograms of T3 per hour, mm-hmm. and so if a person starts uh, with like three micrograms or something of T3 after a meal, that might be a good way to get a person's feet wet for starting thyroid. But the thing is, like they, you should check your cholesterol level and make sure it's not too low. I've talked to so many people this year or last year that had low levels of cholesterol. And in that situation, it's dangerous to use thyroid because so you don't want you say let, low.
1: What's low considered
0: low? Maybe about like one thirty uh, nanograms per milliliter. I can't remember that what it, that is with the other units. Um, maybe it's like three or three or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is critical to check. The other thing is um, I'm really to the point now where if somebody's going to use Sinomel and Sinoplus, I'd recommend getting a milligram scale and measuring it. And I know that sounds like a gigantic pain in the ass, but I, I think it's so inaccurate to eyeball it. Like if you need an eighth of that Sinomel tablet, it's impossible to eyeball it, you know? And so yes. I can't, you obviously can't see anything, but I have like a scale yeah. on my table over there and I'm just like right. constantly just checking the dose and then taking it. It takes yeah. literally 30 seconds. Yeah. And so, um, so again, I'm, I'm like... I think there's a bunch of things to do before taking thyroid and maybe some people might disagree with me, but the more information a person has about themselves and the process going in, usually the better it is. And the people that rush into it usually have a bad experience and they stop Mm -hmm. and they conclude that it's like a, it's bad or something. And I've seen that a lot too. So just gathering a lot of information, getting the cholesterol checked, trying a little bit of T3 or something um, after you get the cholesterol, checking the pulse and temperature, that would be a smooth way to do it. I think.
1: Awesome. And last question, perfect timing. So I've got another podcast very soon, but how to improve liver function when getting orange palms from carrot salad?
0: Yeah, my understanding, and I have lots of references on hyperkeratinemia and that being because the liver is having a hard time converting the beta carotene into retinol. So it accumulates in the palms in the bottoms of the feet. Uh, That is a, it's a classical hypothyroid symptom. And so a person should really investigate their thyroid function, get their cholesterol checked and think about using thyroid because that's, um, that can be relieved very quickly by the right dose of thyroid. So I would guess they'd have other symptoms as well, but if they typed in higher hyper and hypothyroidism, they could find a lot of information on that. And it's impossible to not see that after you've noticed it because so many people have orange palms. So many people have orange bottoms on their feet. I am like a closet MMA fan. And when they're wrestling, you can actually see like the bottoms of their feet and they're all very orange or yellow. And so it's it's like very noticeable even on these like professional athletes. And so, um, but it's, that would be like a, if a person's like building a case to, if they are aren't hypothyroid, that would be on the side of like the case that they are.
1: Cool. Awesome. Well, that's it. Thanks so much, Jenny. That was awesome.
0: always a a total pleasure i appreciate you you bearing with me
1: (laughs) no no it's good i mean it doesn't matter because obviously it's just a podcast so it's you know people oh and there he goes that was it that was perfect timing i think his power um must have cut out so thanks danny and um we'll see you next time